Alright, let's go. <clears throat> this podcast contains, uh, explicit language, adult beverages, delicious tobacco, and, what's that say? Flagrant misuse of dice? What does that even mean? Who the hell wrote this? To hell with it. I need a drink. Huh? Oh, okay, whatever. <clears throat> this is the Dice and Pipes podcast. Burning your ass from the prime material of fire. Here comes Dyson Pipes. What's going on, Chris? How are you? I'm good. I'm trying to figure out what to drink. Uh, I got like bottles staring at me, jars of tobacco, pipes. I don't know what to. I don't know what to put in my glass. What do you think? Well, I guess this is a good way. Let's kick it off. What are you? What are you smoking? What did Clyde provide for you today? So I've got my uh, my Rossi author, and I'm gonna drop some uh, Awakened Elder in it. Now, when's the last time you smoked Awakened Elder? Months. So this is still the jar that you gave me. Yeah, it's, that's, it's a kick-in-the-dick uh, tobacco. And this is... I mean, this thing was packed, right? I mean, it's a small jar. It's maybe like a uh, like four pounds. How much do you think you could put in this jar? Like four six pounds? Six pounds? Is that a roll-to-drink no, situation? No, I was being a wise-ass. No, oh, I was being silly. Okay. No, 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 no. It's maybe... Um, I don't know, maybe like four ounces, eight ounces you yeah. put in this thing. And it was it was fucking packed. It was like compressed packed. And I'm maybe like halfway through it. I just, I can't make a dent. Dude, for some reason, I feel like it doesn't matter how much I smoke, I cannot make a dent in the tobacco. Well, because we were just talking about this. You only smoke two or three times a week. Same as me. Right. Um, which I find funny that each of us have pipes for a rotation that is not necessary. Because we don't smoke enough to necessitate a rotation. It, which... Like to rest the pipe. And and not that I want to promote smoking more, but um, I just feel like, dude, sometimes like life gets in the way and I don't find myself smoking as much as I would like to, as well, odd as that might sound. Because it, it really is relaxing and enjoyable. Yeah. And I would like to sit out in you know my backyard and fucking light up a pipe, but sometimes I just, I don't have the time. Um, well, it's good that you don't smoke a lot because it, apparently uh, it contains nicotine and nicotine is an addictive chemical. According to my tin. No, here. really? I can, my jar doesn't say that. Dude, all pipe tobacco should be placed in jars. That way you don't have to be reminded of that. Oh, that's fucking white knight. What's the other one to the right of that? I can't see because of the... Mac Baron. Yeah, same shit. Uh, Navy Flake. And now the big question is, I know I brought it up uh, a couple of weeks ago, but with this whole re-release of, uh, of Dunhill through the Scandinavian tobacco group... Yeah, yeah, Scandinavian Tobacco Group. There was a big thing, like any tobaccos, I think that were um, that were new releases after like 2007, have to put for some sort of like approval through the uh, through the FDA. FDA. Um, I'll correct. I'll correct this if I'm wrong. I can't remember if it's the FDA or the ATF. Probably the FDA. I think the FDA. And you have to pay like I some. Think ATF like, is after you're already in trouble. 
Oh, so they don't go after any sort of uh, monetary compensation from companies, even no, though it's tobacco? All right, so FDA. Yeah. So you have to pay like some sort of stupid fucking pricing if you want to introduce any new tobaccos uh, that were uh, released after 2007, I believe. So the big debate is, is the Scandinavian tobacco group going to have to pay to re-release all these Dunhill brands, even though that these brands go back for fucking decades, you know? Right. Uh, <clears throat> hey, hey, Barry, how are you? Hey, do me a favor. Uh, let Michael know that uh, Chris is smoking Awakened Elder. It's like a Balkan, a lot of English in it. Uh, see if we can get a recommendation while we're doing this. Thank, thank you. Sorry to bother you. He's very busy. See that face? Anyway. He's always got an attitude with you. He's still wearing that fucking bandage from... Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, keep playing it up. You know, he won't even look at me. But he can't. He's only got... <laughs> Dude, how did I know I was going to hit him in the eye? Who's to say? You know? I mean, it was an errant... I wasn't aiming for him. Oh. It was pretty clear I was aiming for the door. It was in anger. Yeah. You know, you can't be held culpable for what you do while you're angry. No, I was seeing red. I was hot. I was seeing red. I got fucking mad over the, the pipe stand, and I, I went to throw it out the door. And it hit him in his left eye. Like, I don't understand. How am I to blame for this? It was an accident. All right, guy? Fucking get over it. Uh, this just in. Uh, Michael is suggesting the Aberfelty. Oh, good, good, good. That's what I'm... Thank you. Uh, apparently, uh, the... Michael, you're going to pour it? <laughs> the the uh, the sharpness of it will go nicely with the English. That's that's the report that I'm getting. Thanks, Mike. Cheers. This has a normal top. What a fucking cork! I like Pap Buchanan's. Ah, uh, I have Brigader Black Bull Run. Uh, delicious. Wow. In my Dude, look at this fucking. Oh my god. So many. You know, not for nothing, but like, I would expect a mess from this from Michael. Yeah, obviously, we understand the condition that he has. But like, dude, look at how much fucking tobacco Clyde spilled. You know, every time you talk about Michael and, and his um, condition. What? I thought I referred. I have to hear about it. I'm just saying. I'm sorry. It's all right. I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm not the one being the prick. Well, I was the one feeling quite melancholy the other. Yes, the other week. yes, yes. Uh, I'm so I'm sorry. I'm 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 okay now. No, no, no. Get yourself. Uh, no, no, no. I'm organized. Situated. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's I'm good. Situated. I've got my tobacco. Even though Clyde fucking made a disaster on my end of the table, and uh, no, Michael was kind enough to pour me my own my own glass instead of just throwing the bottle in my face. <laughs> so this is now. So he's coming <laughs> around to me. I'm starting to warm up to Michael. Uh, wow. I'm sorry. I wasn't even paying attention. You're smoking right. what? Uh, the Bull Run from Brigadier Black. How was that? Uh, it's good. It's the it's the aromatic. I think we did that on one of our Warhammer campaigns. Yeah, I remember you smoking that. I think I smoked that too. Yes, right? you did. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was good. What are you smoking out of? Uh, the author. Excuse I like me. this author. It's a good podcasting pipe. It's nice and big. I got to pack it once. And the good thing is, like, when your pipe stand breaks. Like mine, well, yours can't break because it's made out of like a four-pound piece of wood. But if it, <laughs> if it did, like you could, you could still set your pipe down, which is why um, I'm also smoking my uh, Rossi author. Yes, I think we should make a gaming table 
It has the cup holders, like you see, like table of ultimate gaming, yes. but also a pipe slash cigar rest. That is a cool idea. I like that idea. We could be like Wormwood Gaming and charge like $6,000 for it. Well, I would charge 5500 Right? Undercut the competition. Yeah, give people yeah. a deal. Uh, we have an awesome gameplay session in store today. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, the gameplay needs a toast. And today I would like to make a toast to American malls mm. and how depressing they are. I spent my high school years at the mall. Everyone did. Yeah. Everyone did. Uh, so I think this toast is going to be a referendum on our memories of the mall when the mall used to be great. Uh, before Amazon and I had drones dropping packages at my door uh, when I would have to jackass it to the mall. When's the last time the current incarnation of the man we know as Chris was in a mall? Wow. Eight months ago? Okay. I think I went to the mall for uh, Christmas shopping. Wow, you did? Yeah, yeah. Now, have you been to the outlets? I have been to the outlets. What a miserable... It's a fucking disaster. Yeah. I, I refuse to go there like during any sort of uh, me too, like me buying too. season. <laughs> me too. You know? it, so if it's like Black Friday or you know, like Christmas time... Um, I could get 80% off of Oakley sunglasses and I refuse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. deal with all the Asian people. <laughs> So, yeah, you can get, like, massive deals, but it takes you four hours to get there. And it's literally, what, 10 miles away? Yeah. Yeah, I refuse. I don't want to deal with it. I'll go there. Um, like, if there's something specific that I need or want, um, I'll go there on, like, a Wednesday afternoon that I know everybody's working, not in the summertime. But, yeah, the mall, um, I'll do most of my shopping online. But, yeah, I found myself at the mall just for a few, like, odd and end things. You know, like, last minute. Christmas shopping ideas. Sure. Um, so, yeah, the last time I was at the mall was December. How about you? The last time I went to the mall was I went to go to, well, no, I actually go there often, but uh, I go because of round one, that crazy arcade that's in there. The kids love going there. Um, by the way, sidebar, I have a surprise for you. I don't have any servers out here in the West Cabin. It's not even my birthday. Uh, I ordered us something from Kickstarter. No, you didn't. What did you order? D&D coasters. Stop it. I got dragons and orcs. So you'll have two on your side. Really? And two on my side for one glass each. But it came instead of four. Right, so. right. D&D um, coasters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're porcelain. Really? Yeah. We're fucking bougie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, so I'll go to the arcade and stuff like that for the for the kids, for the kids. Uh, but when was the last time that you were at the mall for like shopping? Dude, excuse me. It's been. Gotta get that out. The last time I went for shopping purposes was to buy dice for this very fine radio program at Money G's Cards and Collectibles. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we recorded our first Do you episode. think they're a franchise? No. I guess that kind of narrows down where 
<laughs> where we live. <laughs> so we're, we're 10 miles from the outlets and right near Money G's. Figure it out. Yep. If you come knocking at my door, uh, I'll shoot you and then <laughs> I'll give you a bumper sticker. Yeah. Then we'll take a selfie with you and <laughs> put you on Instagram. Uh, I'm sure the kids today, these internet sleuths can just backtrace our ISP and figure out where we are. Yeah. It's like enemy of the state. Yeah, I don't really give a Sons shit. Sons of bitches. Between the, the animals and the guns the and the mountains, good luck. Yeah, we're good. By the way, uh, Instagram and Twitter at Dyson Pipes. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, My solemn mood kind of brought us down at the beginning. I'm so, Yeah, you're very solemn. Very, very sad today. What's wrong? What happened? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Just in a, just, just in a funk. Just in a funk today. Just in a funk. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I bought Dice to record this very fine radio program, and the very first episode we recorded, I believe, was the uh, retro episode of Atari. Yes. Which people listened to in uh, July, I think, or end of June. End of June, beginning of July, somewhere in there. Right. Uh, so that we recorded that, I think, in like February, right? Does that sound right? Wow, yeah. February or March? Yeah. Of 2019? 19. Yeah, so how long ago was that? Uh, Five months ago. Several months ago, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I went in there specifically for that purpose. Uh, and I get sad thinking about the mall, because like, the mall that we have by us is the perfect kind of mall. It's got a food court. Have you ever been into a mall without a food court? That's depressing. Why would a mall not have a food court? To avoid all the kids. No, nah, but you go to the mall, you, you, you build up an appetite. You got to eat. Ruby Tuesdays. No, I don't do Ruby Tuesdays. Really? Yeah, I don't like it. I went there one time with my family. I took my wife and my son, and I had a very bad experience. What Listen, happened? I was told that the mashed potatoes were made fresh, and in fact, they were boxed mashed potatoes. <laughs> very upset by that. Okay, Gordon. Yep, very upset. So I fucking stormed out of there. Really? What about no. the salad bar? No, that's disgusting. Like you, like a walk-up salad bar? Yeah, all yeah. you can eat. No salad. bueno. No, nope. really? Yeah, yeah, I refuse. Okay, do you have a problem with buffets in general? Um, no, surprisingly, I don't. I love breakfast buffets. Yeah. I love breakfast buffets. But there is something about a salad bar, because I'm convinced that not many people eat salad, so that salad has been out there for no, fucking no, no, no. decades. Not in Ruby Tuesdays. Since that store opened, that salad, <laughs> the base layer of the salad, <laughs> yep, that's, that's like the original salad. What are... Yes. Your earliest memories of going to the mall without your family? Getting our balls broken by the police. Really? Yeah. So you had the you had the did not play around with that shit in my town. Really? You had the police in the in your uh mm-hmm. in your mall. Now were they did they have like a substation in the mall or were they always just hanging out there? No, no, no. It was just the uh like the township cops. Yeah, they did not like the fact because the um the movie theater was not connected to the mall, so it was a, it was like a fairly big complex, right? So it was a mall. Let me see if I can remember this right. It was a mall, a movie theater, which I think at the time was a Lowe's, and a Sam's Club. Then there was like a like a strip mall, so it had a Sam's Club and a Marshalls. So there was like another like mega store, okay, kind of section off to the side. So everybody would hang out at the mall in the food court and walk around, whatever. And then they would leave and go over to the movie theater. So there would always be a ton of like high school kid traffic 
just kind of walking back and forth between the mall and the movie theater. Right. And the cops did not fucking play around with that shit. So they would stop everybody. They would pull over any car that looked like a high school kid was driving. And at the time, I had a, uh, after I had wrecked that Buick Regal, I had a 1980 Chevy Camaro. Oh, which shit. fucking stood out like a sore thumb because it was gold. <laughs> and the cops loved me because I, I have a very heavy foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did not like me. So, yeah, I would get pulled over in the mall complex like all the time. And they would fuck with us, you know, which whatever. I, I don't I don't blame them for fucking with us. I mean, you know, it's a bunch of high school kids. They don't know what the fuck is going on. Right. You know, people smoking weed, doing drugs like back then, like where I lived, there really wasn't any like heavy drugs. Like maybe people were doing mushrooms. Right. That know? was like the crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe like the occasional kid would have acid and, you know, that would blow everybody's mind. I'm like, right. no, I'm not touching that. So, yeah, most people were like smoking weed and going to the movies. That was it. You know? Surprisingly, I think more people were smoking weed than they were drinking. So it's not like you really had to worry about like kids getting fucking smashed and then right. driving yeah, their yeah, cars yeah. out of the fucking mall. How about you? I remember being dropped off when I was in middle school, maybe early high school, and making a beeline right to the food court and hanging out at the food court. Now, I, I'm going to be careful with how much I talk about today because I feel like this could be a retro topic for one day. Okay. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give away everything, uh, but I definitely remember hanging out with all the other guys from school, and uh, you know we don't have any money. I have my allowance, you know, it was before I had a job, uh, so we'd make our way to like Turbo. Turbo, yeah. The fuck was Turbo? Was it like a food place? No, it was like Baby's first head shop. Had like glass oh, pipes, yeah, yeah, black yeah. light posters. Okay. Um, wow, black light posters. Holy yeah. shit. Yep. I had three black light posters with a accompanying black light in my in my room. So I had a regular bedroom and we lived in a ranch uh, when I was a kid. So the basement was basically the entire house, just underground. Right. And there was two walls. Uh, or my, well, three rooms separated by two walls. Um, the third room in the, all the way in the back was the laundry room. The second room, when we first moved in, when I was, when I was a baby, uh, my dad used it as a bar. He had like a freestanding floating like wet bar. Uh, he got rid of that, and it was just an empty room. So I put a ping pong table and a foosball table in there. And then the first room was like three quarters of the size of the house, and... I had a, like a kerosene fireplace and this old entertainment center with my TV, my Nintendo, my Sega, whatever, uh, a couch and a little fridge for my, for my beverages. Yes. Uh, and a futon that I used to sleep on. So the, the, the decor for a man who had leather pants and a ringmail shirt, you can only imagine. So these three blacklight posters, I had one of Marilyn Manson, uh, in a wedding dress, and he was kind of like diagonal across the the paint the poster, coming up with like a big smile on his face. Uh, I remember the black light poster made the dress look like purple, like that bright pink. Right, and his face was like green. It was fucking weird. Uh, I had one that was a skeleton bartender with a bottle of Jack, or well, a bottle that had XXX on it, and it just said "Name your poison" in all these vibrant colors. So when you turn the black light on, it was fucking wild looking. 
And then um, I don't remember what the third one was. Nine Inch Nails, if I had to guess. I think they still make those. Because you, like, rarely do you see, like, black lights being advertised. Spencer's is probably the only place you'll actually see yeah. a black or like light. Hot Topic. Which I wonder, are they owned by the same people or they're competing companies? Because they were, like, two, like, big stores in the mall that I remember when I was, a, you know, a kid back in high school. I don't. And I always preferred Hot Topic than, uh, than Spencer's because Hot Topic always sold music that you couldn't find at, like, the... Uh, at the regular music stores. Right. You know? Like my fucking like dark, like heavy, like real metal, you would always find it hot topic. For thirteen ninety nine, you can get yourself this black light poster. That's stupid. It's an alien climbing through You know who might like that poster? Because they're really into aliens. Carlos, our boating buddy. <laughs> Loves aliens. Really? Loves aliens. You never looked at his phone? You never saw like the screenshot? Like the, the home I screen think, on his phone? Yeah. yeah, it's a fucking alien. He loves aliens. He would like that poster. We should get that for him. Uh, My one and only Blacklight poster that I can remember was the old Led Zeppelin poster. The Stairway to Heaven poster yeah. with the guy holding the lantern. Yeah, I had that. Now, then what we used to do, not to interrupt, but what we used to do, I don't know if you realize this, that you could take bleach. Not bleach, I'm sorry. You could take all. Semen. The, well, you could do that too, but that would take a lot. A lot of weird masturbating. <laughs> Very strange. Um, used to be able to take all laundry detergent or any kind of laundry detergent and write on walls, and it would be invisible. But when you turn the black light on, it would show up on the wall, which was very cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I remember when, when I was in college, we made we made our dorm look like a murder scene. Oh, just like splashing. Fucking it. splattering shit all over the walls and like handprints on the wall. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Help me written on the wall. And then I drank my way out of college. <laughs> Thank you. What, what do you mean you drank your way out of college? Oh, I was a complete and colossal drunk my first semester of college. And <sighs> I, I failed out. And yeah. I think my parents disowned me for like 10 years after that. Wow. Well, it cost them like 40000 <laughs> Jeez, my what, drinking habit. What college is thirty thousand? I don't know. Some bougie college. You know? Oh, of course I know. I was there. I would just prefer not to say. But why? Why? Why would I say? <sighs> it? Uh, for the canon of the show, yes, we'll say that you went to Dartmouth. Wow, Dart. No, I'm not that smart. Well, that's why you flunked out. <laughs> 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 um. No, it wasn't even like that. What the fuck? I'm no, no, that's that's what we're going with. So I went to Dartmouth, and uh, and I drank my way to college. I had a roommate there. Oh, what, wait, we're talking about malls. Yeah, I had, a, I had a roommate there that was a heroin addict. No shit. Was it that school? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I I failed out of that school. I went to a different college. I failed out of that college. So my second college that I failed out of, um, yeah, my roommate was a heroin addict. He used to go to Newark. Ooh. To buy heroin. He claimed that his uh, his girlfriend was kidnapped by a cult. Dude, what a weird... had a very strange collegiate experience. We're going we're gonna to put a feather in this cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we'll gonna, get back to this yeah. another time. But very weird experience in college. I also had a roommate that was a chronic masturbator. <laughs> he, the guy, he was a chronic masturbator, and this <laughs> fucking kid had the balls to tell me, 
look, if you come back to the room and there's a sock on the door handle on the outside, it means I'm jerking off. And I told this kid, if I come back to the room and there's a sock on the door handle and it means you're jerking off, I'm coming in and I'm beating the fucking teeth out of your head. There was never a sock on the door handle. <laughs> never. It's a little ballsy to say that. Yeah, dude. Who the fuck tells like a guy that you don't even know, look, don't come in. I might be jerking off. Yeah. Like use the fucking bathroom right. or have a little self-control. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. I'm looking up what the uh, tuition was of the school that I had gone to. So, yeah, malls. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I don't want to hijack it with college. No, no, no. That, that's fine. Uh, yeah. One story I'll share from the mall. Because I think this would be a great retro topic, so I'm not going to blow the load here. But I remember... Like my old roommate. <laughs> there's no sock in the door handle. We're safe. Uh, I remember... Estimated total costs for both tuition and fees and room and board. Um, if my parents are listening, I'm so sorry. $63,000 to go to fucking college! 63000 and, and look, you, you flunked out twice and you had your own house built. I'm a fucking survivor. Yeah. Survive. Who's doing his own landscaping? Well, you know. Whatever. Got to make ends meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you enjoy it, though, so it, it yeah, works yeah, yeah. out. It's therapy. Uh, I remember yeah, my buddy went to, my buddy Mike, uh, the guy who went with me to the uh, the LARPer convention, uh, and he abandoned me when the, the clerk asked me if I was a fair adventurer. <laughs> Scumbag. <laughs> Yes. Uh, him and I sn- would sneak off from our group to go get Magic the Gathering cards. Oh. And being I- attacked. Oh my God. Did you see that? I did. The fuck was that? I, I think it's the very rare North American mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> you dick. <laughs> Okay. You want your blood in a bad way. Yes. So we snuck off to get these Magic the Gathering cards, and uh, we bought maybe four or five sleeves each. Uh, You know, those shiny packets. Right. Yeah. So we we didn't want our friends to know we were buying them, uh, so we would sneak out one of the entrances to the mall. We were sitting Indian style. I'm sorry. Crisscross applesauce style. Easy. (laughs) <laughs> we're sitting Indian style on the sidewalk near this door, and we're popping open these packages of Magic the Gathering cards looking for mana and lands to tap, you know? And uh, this, this in my mind, it's like an eye rock comes rolling by, and this guy just goes, Get a fucking light! <laughs> <laughs> and then some chick just goes, Meow! <laughs> and the guy peels away. And she like, meowed at you? It was a guy and a girl. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, but she meowed at yeah. you? Meow. Why? Okay. I don't know. It's Dude, it's burned in my memory. Um, so I remember we looked at each other like, what are we doing? It really affected us. Yeah. And uh, we took our Magic the Gathering cards and threw them back in our bags and went inside. <laughs> <laughs> Still got to keep them. I mean, you yeah, know. you can't throw them out. Uh, it might some, be worth money one day. Yeah, there was some good shit in there. Uh. What a social experiment the mall was. Yeah. Hearts made, hearts broken. I had a blind date at the mall. Really? So I don't know how this came to be, but I ended up hooking up with this girl named 
Becky, I think was her name. And she had uh, what I can only describe as a sultry voice over the Ooh. telephone. Hi, Brian. <laughs> hey, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we ended up falling in love over the phone. Yeah, I'm a kid. What the fuck do I know? Yeah. So it's time to meet. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get into this. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> so how were you introduced to Becky? I don't remember. Hmm. A friend of a friend, I think. So this isn't some girl that you went to high school with. This was high, You were in high school at the time. Or is this after high school? Middle school or high school. Okay. All right. So we'll just go with high school. Wait, did you drive to the mall? Because I'm assuming this no, date happened. No, get dropped off. Yeah. All right. So it still could be high school. Um, so the, this was a friend of a friend. So she went to a different school. Yes. So that made her exotic. That's almost like an, <laughs> yes. Like today, like like dating a chick from like Brazil. Right, right, right. Exactly. She could have been in the next town over. But right. she was still so sexy and exotic. So yeah. you could talk to her on the phone. Yeah. So a friend of yours hooked you up with this girl. Yes. So you would have conversations with her on the phone. She had a very sultry voice. Yes. Becky. Yeah. Okay. So now, now the day came where you got to meet her. Yes. How long do you think this, this relationship went on over the phone? Probably a couple. In reality, it was probably a couple of weeks. But in my mind, I was so deeply in love with this voice. Oh, I was like years. Yeah, it was probably. I feel like it was a couple months. But right, right. Uh, let's call it, let's split the baby. We'll call it a month. Okay. All right. So, so you, you would had some sort of relations with her over the phone. And, and at that time, that whole like puppy love, you're probably on the phone with her every day. Every day. Every yep. single day. And that was at the time where, like, using your landline was not free. Uh, it was free local, probably. All right, so local calls were free. Well, it shows how old I am. I, we still had rotary phones. Um, did you have those? Yes. Rotary phone. Yeah. Do you think people understand what a rotary... So a rotary phone, for those who don't know, is the one where you have to, like, put your <laughs> finger in the hole <laughs> and then twist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you put your... It was like the uh, the dial on the phone that had all the numbers, and then you put your finger in it and turn it. When we were dating, I think, is when we had just gotten a cordless phone. You and Becky were dating. Yeah. So you made it to dating. We're, oh, well, yeah, we we're, jumped the gun here. Hold on. Hold no, on. we were oh, officially so, dating the entire time. Oh, so even though you hadn't seen this girl. Right. So for all you know, it could have been Lola. Yeah, L-O-L-A, Lola. Right, right, right. Yeah. So so you're talking with Becky on the phone, so of course you're officially dating. And now now the big moment. Yes. You got to meet at the mall. Yep. Well, you did it the right way, right? You met in a public place. Yes. So your parents drop you off? Yes. Okay. Her parents drop her off? Presumably. Where did you meet? Food court. Come on. Well, I don't know. Maybe yeah. you met at the movies. No, know. no, no, no. We went to the movies. You did. Yeah. Okay, so... so oh, I'm this... sorry. No, that was a... <laughs> no, that was a different blind date. Wow, you're like the king of high school blind dates. <laughs> Two, and yeah. they're both atrocious. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. So... I'll save the second one for... Uh, All right, when we do day. a retro mall yeah. episode, we'll, yeah. we'll get into that. Um, I'll tell you my cocaine story with the... No, I'll share that in another episode. Um, <laughs> very strange. So um, so now you have a blind date set up with you and Becky. You've been on the phone with her for a while. So now you, your, your parents drop you off at the mall. You're in the food court. You're waiting. Yes. Did she describe herself? She sure did. And how did she describe herself? I will be the blonde girl in mm-hmm. the jeans that you want me to wear with the little hearts on the asses. <laughs> Fucking home run. That's what I'm thinking. So you're thinking, in your high school mind, you're thinking you're getting a hand job out of this at the movie theater. If not more. 
Yeah. Well, you're you're starting. You're setting the right. expectations yeah. low, but like bare minimum. This is gonna be great. Fucking blonde, wearing the jeans. Dude, you I would want have been happy. Wear. I would be happy just walking hand in hand down and showing her off. It was mm-hmm. my trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know you're gonna be in the movie theater with this chick, the blonde, wearing the jeans. Quote, you want me to wear. What with the, the hearts fuck on the Fuck does asses. that even mean? She so she told me uh, at some point prior that she bought these new jeans, uh, and they're really cute. Mm-hmm. Her words, not mine. Uh, they have little hearts on the ass pockets, and you were like, "Yes, that's fuck sounds, yes, yeah, wear those." Yeah. All right. So now you 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 get to this point. She explains what she was going to look like. Yes. So now you're sitting in the food court. Yes. Now the unfortunate thing is when a blonde approaches, you have no idea if it's her. Nope. Because I gotta look at everyone's ass. You got to look at all the asses. So what happens? Tell me. Did, wait, oh, I'm sorry. Let's back up. Did you explain to her what you would be wearing? Uh, that was my mistake. No, I'm wearing pleather pants and <laughs> chainmail, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Look for me stepping out of my Grand Prix. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I thought your name was Damien. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Damien Dawn? Ugh. Uh. Yes. So the, what was your the, mistake? What did you... My mistake was telling her what I looked like. Oh, I have a feeling that this is going <laughs> south very fast. So, all right. Yeah. So you explained your outfit, which yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. was a normal, like I'm wearing jeans and a fucking yeah, green probably, t-shirt. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. This was probably before the leather pants days. So it was probably jeans and like a Cannibal Corpse t-shirt or a Manson t-shirt or something like right, that. Right, right. So you're like 33. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> it was yesterday. Um so uh, I'm sitting in the food court, and every blonde girl that goes by, at first, it, it, it's like a, a quick scan. I look to my yeah, left, yeah. and I see a blonde head. Okay. I wait till they pass, and I look. up oh, regular jeans. And I'm sure, like, subconsciously. Sub- yes. Is it the first one? Yeah, yeah. On Dyson Pipes, when you fuck up your words, you gotta you find yourself in a roll-to-drink situation. The DC is 10. 18. Oh, shitballs. So I am sure, subconsciously, you're looking at these girls going, please be her, please be her. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's not her. Uh, Did you say please be her? No, I said please be her, please be her. Oh, uh, don't be her, don't be her, don't be her. And a lot of, yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. thank God that's not her. Lots of bated breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you, you're, now are you sitting? Like, did you yeah, get yeah. yourself something to eat? Are you like waiting? No, I'm too nervous. How long were you waiting for, you think? You remember? I don't. I don't remember. Um, probably a little while. You but know, I'm sure at the time, it probably felt like an eternity. Yes. Like, yeah. where is this girl? Right. So you're like planning on meeting at like seven. The movie's probably at what, like eight? Thinking maybe walk around, hold hands for a little bit? Right. Okay. So I had described myself as a very tall, dark, and handsome individual. Uh, you know, because I'm a very tall person. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm like six foot six. I'm really tall. She told me how tall she was, whatever she said, five foot seven, or okay. whatever. I was like, yeah, I, I would, you'd probably come up to like my elbow. So yes. you'll be looking for a tall drink of water. I have the long hair. Um, I don't remember what season it was, but I may or may not have been wearing a leather jacket. Okay. So you look like Sebastian Bach. <laughs> yes. From Skid Row. Yes. Uh, I was the youth gone wild, you know? Yes. Nothing wrong with that. I like this. Uh, and to my chagrin. What happened? I see a pair of jeans with the hearts on the ass pockets. Oh, no. And the hearts were probably the size of my face. 
Holy shit. Huge hearts. Now, it wasn't because the hearts were bigger than the pants. Right. They, they were symmetrical and proportionate to the pants. This was a monster. So there was a hot air balloon yes. expo yeah. going on in the mall. Right. Wearing wearing heart ass pants. And I, I I brought a wingman with me. Smart. My buddy Josh. And I said to Josh, Oh no. Is that that can't be oh and she's got blonde hair. Oh no. And I said Wait, Josh, so you just see this like this walking, blonde walking around looking for somebody. You know, just kind of like doing oh, that. Oh, like so in her like kind of back and forth, you notice these hearts on her ass. How could you not? They were the size of your Buick. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. So, like somebody fell in front of her when she started backing up. It started beep, <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> I'm like, Josh, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yes. And in my haste How to- do you scurry out? You're fucking massive. Exactly. And that's what your downfall was in all of this. In my in my hurry to egress, yes. to punch out, as fighter pilots would say. Oh yeah, yeah. Brian. <laughs> and now we're staring at each other. I'm like, hey, Becky. Yeah. Where are you going? Oompa loompa doompa dee doo. I got another puzzle for you. I got some shit to do. <laughs> You blew her off. It broke this poor girl's heart. You just blew her off right there in the yeah. food court. So she left me a message when I when I got home. The right. message was waiting for me. And I knew I heard her because the message was something to the effect. I of, really wanted to eat a hamburger with you. <laughs> the message was something to the effect of, Hi, I really Brian. wanted you to roll me in the dough and <laughs> look for the wet spot. <laughs> oh. uh, this is Becky. We met at the mall. You probably remember that. Just want to let you know you weren't that great either. Click. Wow. Oh, <laughs> she thought she was getting the last word in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't realize that, like, when she spoke, it had to travel three time zones to get to you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking monster. Yeah, it was my first blind date. Good for you. But it wasn't your last. Not, so to, you, be, not to be outdone by the second. You didn't, you didn't learn your lesson. Nope. What happened with the second one? I will save that. Uh. I will save that. <sighs> I used to get... Uh, I see a magic cards at the mall. What's the statute of limitations on theft? Can I talk about this? Uh, I think it's three years. Yeah, that yeah, right. whatever, whatever. Yeah, I had a uh, the buddy of mine who I used to play uh, when I was a kid. When I used to go over his house and play D anD D, his um, his brother used to work at a comic book store uh, in the mall, of course. And what the fuck store was it? I don't remember. Anyway, we used to go in there, and that's how we got our magic cards. We used to take boxes out of there. Remember Skids? Yes. They were the ultimate thievery pants. And I'm sure people out there have to, who were at least our age, have to, they have to remember it. Like, Skids and how you used to be able to, to use them to get free shit at the mall. Used to go into like Barnes and Noble. Do you remember Barnes and Noble used to be a small store? It was yes. never like a like this mega store that it turned out to be before they started shutting them down. Thank you, Amazon. They used to be like you know small little, like every other mall store. Right. And I remember kids used to go in there. I'm not going to implicate myself. Kids used to go in there with their skids, and they used to go. They used to sell Playboys in there, and ah. used to go and take the Playboys and wait till nobody was looking because there were no cameras. This is like the fucking early nineties. There are no cameras in the store. And you used to take the Playboys and grab them and pull your pants 
you know, open and dropped them down your leg. Yep. You couldn't tell because skids were so fucking baggy. You used to do that stupid like French cuff at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. It would tighten up at the bottom so nothing could slide out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that would, all your thievery goods would be in your pants. It made it hard to run though if you did get caught. If they fingered you for the job. No, that's not true because you would fucking, as you run, you'd shake your pants. (laughs) (laughs) You would shake your pants and the fucking, the cuff would come out and all your gear would fucking fall out of the bottom of the pants. It's like when Apache is about to be shot down and sends out those flares (laughs) in the back to confuse the missiles. Yeah, we're like chafing. Yes. (laughs) Not chafing our balls, but sending out chafe. I think it's chaff. Is it? I think so. Chaff? Chaff. Chafe. C-H-A-F-F. Chaff. Like Chad. Are we are, are we gonna fact check this before I force you to roll? Well, I'm just I'm, I'm before curious. we before we put you in a roll the drink situation. Chaff. Chaff. How do you chaff? How do you spell that? C H A F F. But it's not coming up as a word. Chaff. The husks of corn or other seeds separated by winnowing or threshing. Hmm. Are they missiles? Chaff missiles. Bear with me. I remember using them in Metal Gear Solid to confuse cameras. And I'm pretty sure they referred to them as chaff grenades. We're going to try flare chaff. How come this doesn't come up? Well, it is C-H-A-F-F. C-H-A-F-F. Let's see what the corn reference is pronounced. Chaff. Fuck. You know what? No, I'm going to roll. I'm going to let you roll with an advantage. Oh. Because we weren't sure. You're so kind. Wow, you suck. Seven. <laughs> a seven and a nine. Yep. Fuck you. Um, yeah, the mall was good. It's like once we started getting into like beyond the mall, out of high school, into college is where I think life really started to go downhill, especially with like relationships. We'll, we'll have to get into a relationships episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot to talk about yeah, with yeah. that. Yeah, I got a lot of stories with that. I broke up a... I... Please roll. What were you going to say? I broke up with a lot of girls. Ah, oh, it's a five. Yes. Oh. Yep. What do you want? Yeah, that's fine. The bukes? Yeah, give me the bukes. Oh, wait. Hold on. Which, which way do I turn this? Wait, hold on. I want to get for Instagram. We can do a video? Of just the poor. Oh, hold on. Excuse me. Are you ready? I'm ready. Look at this. Look at... Uh, nope. Just, it's just dribbling out. Just Nope. A, li- a little bit. It's full. What's happening? Just, just pour... There, there it is. is. Thank you. The stupid bottle. Fucking dumb. All right. Let me uh, get this. Uh, oh! Man down. I got it. What just happened? Uh well why do I sound like a oh, guy yeah. from Frank and Beans Frank and Beans Frank and Beans I love my Uh I broke up with a girl because of the way she ate cereal. So yeah, we we should do a relationships. Was it the Kevin and Carlos cereal bowl? Like in her ass? No. With forceps? No. Not that one. Okay. This is my buddy JR? No, 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 no. Shit. All right. We've fucked around enough. Let's uh, let's get this. Oh my god, we've gone for what? forty minutes already. Beautiful. Every episode should be forty minutes of fuckery. 
43 minutes. I need Perfect. I need new glasses. I, I couldn't <laughs> see the, num- the numbers. <laughs> All right, let's play some fucking D&D. All right, let's do it. I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. So we're heading south. Correct, heading south. And it's still... Oh, it's morning. I'm sorry. So we had left in the morning, so obviously the, the trip does not take entirely an entirely long time, right? To get to uh, Lake Dodd? To get... Well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. To go from uh, from the city to Northridge. No, no, no. no. Right? That's a, a quick little... Yeah. John, A couple hours. Okay. All right. So it's probably afternoon by the time I head out. I, you know, well, at least go to the bar. So I'll probably hang out at the bar for like an hour. Late morning, early afternoon kind of a thing. Right. And okay. then take off. So I would... I'm guessing I'm leaving. Yeah, like late afternoon. Okay. And so you're going to keep an eye out to see if you're being followed? Correct. Okay. Um, so it's probably about seven days or so if we're going to go straight to Lake Dodd. Yeah. Um, there's also Skyforge Village and the ranch if you're interested in stopping. Right. There's also motorcycles in case the horse breaks down. <laughs> can always get your ride. Uh, all right. Give me a perception check. Six. All right. As far as you can tell. Back to normal. Everything is hunky-dory <laughs> as we're going down uh, south. Is there anything you're interested in doing, or are we just going to speed up time and get to Lake Dodd? Yeah, yeah. My interest is just getting... Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm back. You know, yeah. It's like going back to like where you grew up as a kid. and Right, right, right. You know, I have this, this nice shiny toy that's just rusting and rotting away in the yeah. fucking bottom of the lake that I got to go dig out. Right. All right. So uh, I would say after several days um i would imagine you brought provisions with you of course yeah so we get to lake dodd and it's uh again it's surrounded by mountains All right. very pretty lake and now you're standing on the shore now we got to figure out well, i'm gonna say i set up camp okay i'm not like diving right into the lake yeah, yeah again yeah. i still have this this notion that not like paranoia but that there is definitely in Harrison's mind somebody followed him here so I'm going to set up camp and kind of do you know like it seems like I'm just maybe staying for the night and uh, you know probably take some some walks or I'll hop on my horse after I set up camp and maybe head back north a little bit just to see if there's any you know additional tracks alright give me a perception That's a one. That's a one. I found. Uh, nope. Everything looks looks good. Good. Very good. I think I'm gonna break out the old pipe. Okay. Smoke the old perp. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna relax. We're gonna take in the environment. Okay. Try to get very spiritual. All right. Uh, once oh, it, by the way, actually, I'm sorry. But check that. Before I even smoke, can I take... Nope. I cannot take the gauntlets off. Nope. That's so fucking crazy. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and spark up a little bowl of the perp. Okay. So, uh, as you start toking away on the perp, uh, your gloves start loosening. So crazy. And once again... Your mind is opened. Mm. 
Give me uh, perception with advantage. Twenty. Dude, that's too. This is crazy. Okay. So very excited. Keska Gorge once again is in your mind, but this time you almost feel like you're a bird flying over this vast, uh, very recessed lake. Lots of waterfalls. It's a pretty turbulent place. And if you were this bird, you just start dive bombing towards the water. And you, you feel yourself going through the water. And there's whispers all around you. I uh, can't quite make out what they're saying. And as you're traveling through the water, you can see a cylinder-shaped structure similar to what you saw in the swamp with that tree that you walked into to get your gauntlets. It's not a tree, but it's a similar shape. It's a cylinder that's very tall with one way in. And once you get inside, you can't quite make it out, but you can see what can only be described as armor. Hmm. At the same time, you hear a voice ask you if you're okay. And it kind of pierces through this like foggy whispers and... Uh, it sounds like it's right on top of you. Like, hey, are you okay? Startling me? Yeah. So I just kind of snap to and I, I look over my shoulder. And there are three Thunder Force soldiers standing there. Sons of bitches. I fucking knew it. Um, Klaus uh, rolled a 15 to see if he was going to follow you. Ah. Uh, sneaky little devil. <laughs> He's not here. Right, right, right. But he, he sent. Um... And again, I had set up camp. So, I, like, I, I picture myself not so much with a tent, but almost like a tarp, like, strung up between two trees. And I'm just kind of looking over the lake with the mountains in the background. Like, it's, it almost looks like a Bob Ross painting. Yes. You know, it's and a here happy I go. accident. Of course. Yeah. There are no mistakes. Um, and here I am toking away on my bowl. Just Luckily, Debrin does not have a war on drugs. So, nobody really cares that you're smoking the perp. Oh, good. But. They could tell that you were kind of like spacing out. Right, right, right. So I, I snapped too, obviously, this guy kind of asking me if I'm okay. He, he's, is he like right on top of me or I just perceive that as him being... No, he's, he's not right on top of you, but he's... A few feet away from yeah. me asking if I'm all right. So I, I kind of shake my head with cobwebs out of the old brain. And, uh, you know, I'll look over my shoulder and say, no, I'm, I'm fine. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> can I help you? Uh, Mr. Uh, Captain Alexanderson... Uh, asked us to make sure that you were okay. He said that he was concerned about you and to make sure that you were all right. Okay. Um, I'm fine. You guys can go report back to him that everything is, is great. Well, we're supposed to stay with you. All right. Harrison is now getting frustrated. Very upset. So um, I would say these guys are not threateningly, but they're not backing down. Okay. What uh? What, what, what are you doing here? Anyway, I stand up. I I can't. Uh, I stand up. I I made camp, guy. Haven't you ever made camp before? Yeah, just uh, you know, no offense. It's just we're not sure. Captain Alexanderson was very confused why why you were here. 
I'm sorry, sir. We, we, we really don't know who you are. We're just following orders. That's fine. I said, let me, let me show you who I am. And um, so I pull out my credentials. Okay. And I say, you can now make haste back to Northridge and report back to your Captain Alexanderson that an official justiciar from the Empire is um, outside of your purview. Good day, gentlemen. Uh, give me a persuasion with a plus one. Fuck, it was on 20, and it flipped to three. So four. Four. Uh, we, we understand, sir, uh, but you know, we, we were told not to leave without you with us. Without me with you? When your business was concluded here. Okay, my, my business is over. Thank you. Well, we're supposed to escort you or, or stay with you until you get back to, to Northridge. Okay. Hope you plan on being without your family for months. Enjoy. And I go back to sitting down. So that you, you could... I don't know if you're looking at them or if you're facing in their direction. If you are, you can see them. If not, you can kind of feel. They're all just kind of looking at each other like, oh, shit, what do we do now? And one of the three who seems like he's not in charge but wants to be that guy. And he's like, well, I, I appreciate your, your credentials, sir, but, uh, you know, the captain told us that. I interrupt. It, unless you want me to send word back to the Imperial City that three recruits in the Thunder Force are interfering with an investigation commissioned by the Emperor himself, you all can have a good day. Well, we're not leaving. Okay. That's fine. How much food do you have on you? Enough. Because neither am I. I hope you like horrible singing. You know, there's... And with all due respect, sir, there's three of us, and... I don't care if there was an army behind you. I'm telling you right now, if you forcibly take me back to Northridge, I will hop on a ship, go back to the Imperial City, remembering all of your faces, and hell will rain down on your command. Again, all due respect, sir. We may just go back and report that we found your body. And the other two kind of look at him like, uh, I don't know if I want any part of this. So two of the guys start kind of backing away, and this guy who's threatening you is now holding uh, the hilt of his sword. Sorry, I'm lighting a pipe. Yes. Perp? Lighting the perp? I'm lighting the perp. White Knight. Oh. Fitting for this moment. Does he look young? Yeah. Full of piss and vinegar. Mm. Oh, man. I keep forgetting that technically I'm still like level zero. Because <laughs> part of me just wants to fucking take his face and go Bannon style. <laughs> Wrong campaign. So, uh, was that a train? Yes. There's trains. There's That's awesome. A little bit of everything happening this right is, now. This because is we're trying to record a podcast. Yeah, of course. And I have the windows open so we can get a little breeze. Mm. And I'm, we're paying for it. 
Because now, like, every noise in the face of the fucking earth is happening right now. My frustration with the background noise is mm. is manifesting itself in this young Thunder Force soldier. Uh, I can see. I can see. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I just get up, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going for a swim. I'm sorry, sir. I, I, we can't have this anymore. We can't. You're now. You're coming with us, or you're going to die. And the other two are looking at him like, "Are you fucking crazy?" And one of them even puts his hands up, like, like shaking his head, like, eh, "It's not us. That's not what I want to do." He steps forward towards me. Yeah. I say, "Oh Jesus Christ! You will stand down, or you will be subjected to an imperial trial." Looks like we're not going to make it that far. He starts drawing his sword. He's drawing his sword on me. Yes. I look at the other two. If you don't corral your friend here, then you are all culpable. And you will all be taken back to the Imperial City to stand trial for your actions against an Imperial Justice here. Give me an intimidation check with advantage. an 18 and a 19. So these two guys start grabbing on this young, zesty Thunder Force soldier. And now they're brawling with each other. Just the three of these guys are just now fighting in yeah. front of my camp. Yeah. Like weapons drawn fighting? or Not like yet. Okay. You know, one of the guys is half-heartedly fighting. Like, one guy is trying to play the politics. Like, I don't want to get involved. I don't know who... Uh. One guy is begging, please don't do this. Stop doing this. And then Zesty is, you know, I'm going to kill all of you now. Oh, really? Yeah. So now they're in this, like, little fisticuffs game yeah. going on. Yeah. All right. I'm going to... If if they ever put themselves in a position where their back is kind of towards me, all right, I'm going to attempt to use my mage hands to draw his weapon out of his sheath. You know, so it almost appears as though it spills out during this little fracas that's going on. All right. We have flat 20. Uh, we're looking for... You're pretty proficient with these mage hands. That's the, When we've been practicing with these gauntlets, that's been the one thing uh, that you've consistently been hitting as far as practicing goes. So uh, give me a 20... On a 12 or higher, you succeed in this. I'm sure I have a 20, not a 12. Okay. No, that's a fucking 11. Oh. Damn it. So your hands go out. I'm, I'm sorry, really quick. When they go out, like, nobody can see them, right? Just to kind of clarify mage hands, or can they be seen? We'll say no. They're invisible. Okay. Yeah. Is that the way? Ma I'm trying I to think. So. I believe so. They are invisible. That only I, the, the the controller of them, would be able to understand where they were. I gotcha. Okay. No, oh, well, that doesn't change what my plan was. I mean, you know. Yeah. So I send them out trying to draw his weapon out of his sheath. Uh, now that you've used your your gauntlets, give me a D6. A two. You hear this ringing in your ears, and it gets loud. 
and it drowns out about 75% of your hearing. And as of right now, it appears like permanent, like it's like a constant ringing. So while they're scuffling and I fail to draw his sword out, now I just have this like piercing ringing in my ears. Okay. It's not painful. It's not like piercing, but it's it's almost like, like, like tinnitus. Yeah. Okay. Like that hearing that you get when uh, you know someone's talking about you, that old wives' tale. Oh, right, right. Like that, but loud enough to where it drowns out a majority of sound. Okay. So now when I when I attempted to use mage hands, I just failed to grab it because of the scuffle. Yeah, we'll say that. There's a little too much going on. All right. Can I make one more attempt? Yeah. With disadvantage. Okay. No, I feel. I'm six. All right. How's this fight playing out? Zesty is getting the best of these two. Really? I just think in my head, because obviously of the location of where I'm at, Lake Dodd being behind me as I watch these three scuffle on the ground, the guy who wants to kill me now is starting to win and just in my head not like I'm trying to talk to my gauntlet just in my head like god damn like I, I I'm I'm so close like Citadel like why can't you be my side like right now and then I'm gonna point my hand at the guy who seems to be getting the upper hand and I'm gonna fire a crossbow into his back oh all right Well, let's roll an attack. On a side note, being that we have an established <clears throat> stats and like true proficiency, like attacks and things like that, even though I have the two, I can only shoot one. Yes, uh, but they are a plus the one. Crossbows are plus one. Okay. Eighteen. Sorry. Don't want to disturb you. That is a hit. So I'm assuming the damage is a hand crossbow, which would be 1d6. Plus one. Three. So four? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Total of three. 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 Yeah. Okay. So this uh, crossbow bolt fires out. And... Uh, is the first time? I think this is the first time that I've actually... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fires out and clangs right off of his spalding on his left shoulder while his back is to you. Uh, you see him kind of bounce forward, or, you know, shoot forward a little bit, and he starts to turn back toward you. Luckily, these crossbows seem to auto load. Oh. So there is no reload action for this. All right, cool. So I would say. In the time it takes him to turn around, you could probably fire off one more shot. Which I will. An eight. So a nine. So that shot uh, fires past him, but it certainly um, gets his attention. Mm. Let's roll initiative. Yes. 20. So, uh, his friends are not drawing weapons on him, but they're going to be distracting him. So, for this duration, at least for the time being, uh, the 
the Thunder Force will be rolling with disadvantage. Okay. Wait, so all three are turning their attention to me now? Just him. One of them is still kind of like, uh, come on, guys, trying to talk everyone right. down. Uh, one of them is actively like, we now like they're being fired upon. So now he's kind of like, uh, he's not fighting anymore, but he's kind of like, hold me back. Hold me back. Like, right. Like, come on, bro. You okay. know, like holding him by the chest, pushing him back. All right. So then if, if that's the scene at this point, <clears throat> uh, I want to hold my action. Okay. But I'm going to aim my hand towards him and tell him, stand down and drop your weapon. Give me an intimidation check. Plus one. Twelve. He holds back. He's out of breath. He's a little surprised that you fired a crossbow bolt at him, especially because he didn't see you with any weapons. And now he's looking at your hands, realizing what's going on. And now he starts screaming at you. You know, you're coming back with us. Don't make us kill you. I think we've just established that I'm not going anywhere with you. Are you yelling at him or are you still no, calm? No, calm, calm. Well, to be honest, did I even hear what he said or it just came in muffled? Like, I can make out what he said. It's just muffled. Yeah, because he's yelling, so okay. you can hear it. But it's not as loud as you realize it should be. Right. Yeah, so calmly I state that. He takes his hand off of his sword. And now he charges you. And tries to tackle you. And his strength check is a 19. Huh. So if you can defeat that, we will stay upright. Nope. Alright, so he grabs you. And like starts lifting you up and just pumping with his legs. Uh, and you fall down and you fall right at the base of the lake. And I would imagine like you guys are kind of rolling now and you roll into the water. Give me a perception. Right in front of my eyes, there must be some sort of like seaweed. Or just very murky from the from the muddy, like um, you know, from like the sand bed because I rolled a one. <laughs> All right, so there's, you're, you're covered. You're, you can't hear anything. Yes. Now you're underwater. Yeah. Rolling around. Uh, <clears throat> he's now got you restrained. Like in a bear hug, maybe. Okay. Um, you come up uh, from underwater. I use mage hands to tickle him. Goochie, <laughs> goochie, <laughs> Uh Do you want to try and break out of this? What are you looking for? Oh, I just want to see what I can do. Mage hands. Page. I was going to say 110. Close. Uh, and just for people listening, I, yeah, I can make it invisible so nobody can see it. What would, you, what would they look like if they weren't invisible, you think? I'll have to think about that. I picture like translucent blue. Almost like the hand holding the key from that horror movie House from the 80s on the cover of oh the... Oh my uh, God. House. How funny. I remember that moment. Whenever I hear Mage hands, that's the, the, the Get image out of here, that comes really? to my mind. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I'll have to... Th I, I gotta think about that. Think about that. 
Yeah, blue almost like like the dice. Yes. Yeah, like that cool kind of like ice blue. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'm not going to do anything with the mage here, I believe. Uh, so he has me restrained in a bear hug. Yeah. Is there a... Uh, like, what's he wearing? Like chainmail? He is wearing... Yes. With a shield. And he's got a shield. So the shield is on his back. Yeah. And um, his sword is still in the hilt. And the sheath. So I'm sorry. What, what are my options here? What did you say? So I, I already rolled. Oh, no. So I rolled. He. That's what put me in yeah. this situation. So now you're restrained. Okay. You're in a bear hug. And in order to break free from this. Strength. Against an athletics check against his nineteen. Oh, it would be a new roll to break out. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, all right, well, that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to. But we're out of the water. You're like at the edge of the water. Right, right. Fuck, I got to get into the water. Part, part of me almost wants to turn it into like a comedy routine because I keep thinking like his pants are held on by like a belt. Because I almost want to use mage hands to like unbuckle his pants, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and just see if like his pants drop. Go for drop. it. Yeah, that, that's what I'm gonna try. If if I can see, like, so he's got me, and we're kind of wrestling around. I just obviously I can't see him because I'm in his grasp. So I look at the other guys and see if if it looks like they're wearing pants, like we would wear pants, like there's a buckle or something that supports. Yeah, their of course. Pants. All right. Well, that that's what I'm gonna attempt. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna use my mage hands okay. to see if I can. Give me a flat 20. It's a little, there's a lot going on here, so we're going to make this a 14. I unbuckle my pants. <laughs> I roll the fucking one. <laughs> By accident, I, <laughs> I undo my pants. Yeah, I roll the one. So with a one, oh I would say that you're trying to figure out where these pants are, and now, like, you're panicking a little bit, and your mage hands now are just grabbing shit. Mm. And the other two Thunder Fours who are watching this in horror all of a sudden just see his shield pull off of his back and just go flying. Okay. I say nothing. What the fuck am I going to say? Well, one of them just screams, Magic! Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. And there's been enough screaming now and yelling that the water is starting to bubble. Oh, I feel so bad for these guys. Some bubbling. Some bubbling, toiling, and troubling. Uh, so this guy is going to try and drag you out of the water. So he's going to do a, uh, an athletics check. Okay. At a 19. Wow. Now, it, you can either let him drag you out of the water or you can try and resist. No, I'm going to try and resist. All right. We need a crit. No. All right, so he drags you out of the water, and now he starts yelling, what do you mean magic? And they said, your shield, it just went flying. Now he's looking around, he sees his shield. How did you do that? All right, can I draw, like, my dagger, and I'm going to try to stab him in the stomach? Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm, gonna do. I'm fucking tired of this guy now. Uh, plus two are the daggers. I yeah, mean. they're plus two. Oh, oh shit! Yeah. All right. So, 
let's look up some uh, some damage numbers here. All right, so daggers are one d four piercing damage. Is this our first? I can't remember if it's our first like crit in combat. So what are we gonna do? Double damage. Yep. Uh, so I rolled a one, so that's three, so six total. Six? To the belly. All right. And... How do you think this man dies? Ooh. So... Okay, I like this. Um, so I picture Harrison, right? This... this Thunder Force soldier has him bear hugged. His arms can kind of move around. The guy, I would imagine, is much taller than Harrison, right? So when he has him bear hugged, his arms are pretty much around, maybe just above like my triceps. Yeah. Between my triceps and my shoulders. So I, it's not locking my arms below my elbow. So I think as he, as Harrison brings his arm back and not protracts, yeah, protracts the uh, the dagger. It's an upward motion, thinking he's getting him in the gut, but instead it goes up and maybe pierces his heart. So okay. he'll he'll bleed out very quickly. Yeah. Um, internally. Well, obviously there's going to be blood from the wound, right. but it pierces his heart, which causes him to die. Uh, the other two Thunder Force now draw their swords. Uh, whatever goodwill you might have had with these guys is now gone. Right. They've seen this guy's shield magically just fly off his back and now you've just killed him. Yeah. And now they draw their swords. And the the political guy is just, please, just put your weapons down. It doesn't need to be any worse than this. Please, just stop. Whose turn is it? Uh, Right now, there is no combat turn. Okay. So I'm going to say... Nobody's engaged yet. As I'm backing up towards the water... I say, return to Northridge, or you will both suffer a horrible death. Well, it might be too late for that. As you're backing up saying this, you see their eyes go wide, and from behind you, this gigantic construct appears out of the water, and his eyes are orange. And had he not been submerged in water, steam would be blowing out, but Mm. now it's almost like geysers of water shooting out as this monstrosity starts marching right past you, doesn't even acknowledge you, just towards them. And you can see behind him as he's dragging this gigantic warhammer covered in seaweed, and he brings his hammer to bear. These guys try to run, and with inhuman speed, Citadel chases them down. They get maybe, maybe 10 yards, and he's inhumanly fast, and strikes them both down. One blow apiece. Uh not even stopping to see if they survived. He looks down at them and kind of regains his composure. And when he turns around with seaweed and barnacles kind of dripping off of him, his eyes are back to this crystalline blue. And he approaches you and puts a big mechanical paw on your shoulder. Good to see you, my friend. Traveler, you're safe. All thanks to you. How long has it been? Two, three weeks, probably. Yeah, Yeah. a couple of weeks. Sorry for the delay in getting back here. That's okay. Who are these people? 
Um, they are people that we should be throwing into Lake Dud. Outlanders. And with one hand, he just grabs them and just carelessly just tosses them. Not into the middle of the lake, but a couple hundred yards. Like, just without, you know, just with <laughs> like a flick of a wrist. Yeah. And into the water they go. Did you make it back to your home? My home? The Imperial City, you mean? We're your home. Right. Yes. Wow, very good. I'm glad to see you well. Where are your friends? Uh, we're actually on our way to go. Uh, we're going to go meet up with them. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. Did you find any portals? Not yet. Very soon, though. Where are we headed? Uh, back to Hexley. I don't think I'm welcome there. Well, I'm hopeful you are now. But for the time being, travel with me. And when we get, to, when we get close to Hexley, we'll, we'll kind of stow you away. And we'll see if it's safe for you to come. Okay. No more lake for you, my friend. Thank you. It's very wet. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, I just, I just take a moment. That ringing is still happening, or it's subsiding. Like, like is it going um, away? It's there, but right. not quite as bad. Okay. I would say as you start traveling or when you rest, it slowly starts to subside. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, we're gonna start. Uh, making our way towards Hexley. All right. Uh, are we going to stop anywhere, or are we just fast-forward time? Let's get to Hexley. Uh, no, I don't have any intentions on stopping anywhere. No, no, no. We're, we're, we're going to head directly towards Hexley. All right. And, you know, a few days later, uh, I would imagine no issues. We uh, We find our way back to... The area near Hexley. Maybe we're getting to some of those smaller subdivisions. Let me ask you this. Yes. To get from Hexley, right? So we have that that mountain range that comes through. Obviously, we've seen it outside of Lake Dodd. So to make our way from Hexley, we would have to traverse the mountains. Like, is there a known mountain pass? Or do we have to go south all the way into the swamp and kind of loop around? No, no, no. Yeah. You, you, so there are passes that yes. go through in yep. order to That's head. the one that you took when you originally came to Hexley. There's a main road. There's forest trails right. that splinter off here or there. Yeah, there's a bunch of different ways to go. There's a northern entrance, a western entrance, and a southern entrance to Hexley. All right, but my point is, is ultimately I want to go east. Okay. And again, I guess we could sort that out once we get to Hexley. Yeah, I mean, there's ways to go. Okay. Yeah. All right, I just wasn't sure if I had to go all the way back down towards, like, Fort Vogtron. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. Uh, so I, I, you said we're, we're kind of on the outskirts of, of Hexley. All right. Um, so I looked to Citadel and say, look, um, let's maybe make our way into the, uh, into the woods towards the mountain, heading almost in the direction where the mine was. Uh, let's just kind of stow you over here temporarily. Um, let me enter town and see how things are, and then I'll, I'll come back and get you. Okay. I'll wait here. Okay. Just blend in. That's what I do best. <laughs> and he starts pushing trees over to make a seat for himself. Love this guy. All right. Um, so Harrison will go to Hexley. Now, uh, I guess you didn't really have time to uh, let your friends know that you were coming. Mm-mm. No, I didn't send word or anything. Okay. So Hexley uh, looks more or less the same. Not much is different. Uh, there's still Thunder Force patrolling, walking around. Um, but other than that, nothing really 
has changed that you can see. Okay. Um, I try to enter. Yeah. All Nothing's right. So, stopping you. All right. So I'll seek out Alvord. Okay. Yeah, he's in the capital district uh, where he was supposedly supposed to be. So that checks out. Okay. Uh, would you stop and inform any Thunder Force that you are there? Or, or you... that I just killed three of their people? I, I'm assuming you're probably not going to mention that. No. Um, no. Uh, look, I think Harrison's... None of this requires Thunder Force in his mind. So there's no reason why he would check in with them. Not that now he feels that he's above them, but Harrison has this impression that he is free to move between cities as he sees fit, as I would think most citizens are able to do. Right? So that's his interpretation of the law and how things are. So he's going to continue to do that. He's not going to... Right. As you get closer to the Imperial building uh, where the magistrate, Alvord, is residing, that's where you're going to start encountering, like, this is closed. Sorry, sir. Right. You know, you, uh, do you have an appointment kind of a thing? Understood. Yeah, and that's to be expected. And at that point, as I'm making my way towards that, that's when I would show my uh, credentials and I would, you know, seek an audience with uh, with Albert. All right, so you show who you are. Yes. They, you know, they snap to attention. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. You know, whatever. Uh, and they they escort you into the, the chambers. And you're in this empty room with an empty, I don't want to use the word throne because it's not that glamorous, but uh, a palatial-style chair. Very fancy chair. Right. At the front of the room. And shortly after you arrive, uh, a couple of Thunder Force soldiers come in, followed by your buddy Whitmore, and, of course, Alvord. Excellent. And Whitmore has a big smile on his face. Hey! And he comes up and gives you a big, jolly hug. Uh, Probably embarrassing you, because you don't seem like the hugging type. No. And Alvord has, you know, a warm smile on his face, and he gives you a handshake. Uh, we had no idea you were coming. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was unannounced. What, what are you doing? What's going on? Reconnecting with old friends. Good. And Alvord looks to the guards in the room. He's like, uh, we're good. Give us some privacy, please. So they, they, without question, they leave. Now you guys are by yourselves. All right, so we've, we've thoroughly explored this mine uh, and this portal room. Nothing new to report. Whatever is in there is in there. We went through every crate. We went through every barrel. There's nothing. Old food. That's pretty much it. Okay. Um, there's no records of what this place is. Uh, I know that there's, in the Imperial City, I'm sure you already know there's a library there. I'm not sure if there's anything that you can tell us, but on our end, it's the same as it was before. Okay. Uh, well, a few things to report here. <clears throat> Number one, obviously, there's still uh, access to this mine because outside of Hexley, I have Citadel. So I need to I need to make my way back into the mine, preferably tonight. Okay. All right. Um, so with everything that's gone on, I'm um, I'm actually here. I'm I'm trying to get to the Keska Gorge. Okay. All right. Have you ever been there? Never. Okay. How about you? No. Yeah. So I don't know what to expect. Um, but again, I just I want to spend some time. I just want to explore the mine. Uh, there's just something that I feel like it's it's calling me. I, I just I have to try to get something out of my system in regards to this mine. Okay. But we have a a minor problem that came up on my way down here, and it was our good friend Captain Alex Anderson. Uh, Alvor rolls his eyes. Yeah. Well, th- this is <laughs> this is not good. 
Um, so I was greeted by our friend, Captain Alexanderson. Oh, by the way, uh, here, let me show you. And I, I, I show my credentials, you know, like old friends, like, oh, check out, look what I right. got. And uh, look, I've been made an official justice here on behalf of the Empire. Alvord kind of smiles. He says, you know, <clears throat> we never knew each other before this. And we became friends, I would say, yeah. on our first uh, journey together. Never in my life would I think that the two of us, two nobodies really in Northridge, would not be working in positions of authority with the Empire. Right. It's all very bizarre. Very strange. And then we got this guy here. Uh, and I like the picture of Whitmore. It's just kind of almost like Patrick Starfish from SpongeBob, <laughs> just staring at the wall. <laughs> this guy's in charge of my men. Right. You know, this is this is a very strange fortune that we've had. Uh, you want to get Citadel in. So Whitmore explains, he's like, yeah, listen, I got, uh, I got some guys that I really trust. Um, I'm obviously not going to tell them what we're doing, but I'll make sure that the mountain pass that we used when we first went in is clear. We could take that way in. Okay. All right, good. I, I would say still keep Citadel a secret. I, I wouldn't. I'm sure you're not going to, but I wouldn't parade him through the town. No, and of course, no, we're not doing that. Um, and he's he's stowed in the woods right now, so he's just waiting for me to report back to him. And when you tell me that it's clear to head into the mines, then we'll go ahead and <clears throat> we'll make that move. But in regards to uh, Alexanderson. Um, as you know, you would expect with his normal pesky, inquisitive behavior, um, he was very curious to see my return to Northridge, and with that curiosity, raised a lot of questions on his behalf. And unbeknownst to me, he actually had three Thunder Force trailing me. Well, you can imagine that my mission took me to Lake Dodd. And as I made camp there is when they introduced themselves to me. Unfortunately, we are with three less Thunder Force today. One of them decided to take up arms against me. And this, of course, called to Citadel. And as you can imagine, um, oh, God. they are no more. Um, I'm sure Alexanderson is going to know when they don't report back to him. And he's well aware of our relationship. So... I'm just giving you a heads up for when either he or a contingent of his men make their way down here asking questions about my arrival in Hexley and if I was or not, wasn't rather, if I was or wasn't accompanied by three uh, Thunder Force. So I just don't want you to be surprised when, uh, when again, people start coming around asking questions. It, it, I'm, I'm going to be honest. If I, if I make it back to Northridge prior to... Um, him getting wind that these three guys are no longer with us, then that's an issue I'll just deal with myself directly with the captain. Your, I mean, your credentials are legit, right? A hundred percent. Okay. I mean, we we could give him the bloody bell treatment. Bloody bell treatment. Turns out he's a heretic. I don't know how many times we can play that card, but yeah. Yeah, I almost feel like this is just going to turn into a pissing competition between myself and Captain Alexanderson. And it's a competition that I really feel like playing. Well, I'm not sure what game he's playing because, I mean, you know, he's had the Baroness locked up in Northridge for weeks now. I, I'm surprised they haven't done a trial yet. Wait, I'm sorry? Yeah. I heard the Baroness was dead. Oh, 
Yeah, last we knew that she was she was locked up. I, I, maybe they dispatched her since then, but oh. because I was just about to ask you, uh, you know, about the trial. But oh, well, fine, you, you just got me very nervous. Um, no, and, and for all the hemming and hawing that we did over this baroness, yeah, it, it turns out that uh, her indiscretions against the emperor um, <laughs> led to her execution. And I was told that she was dead. I mean, we've been here, so it's possible. Of course. But last we knew, she was still in Northridge. Okay. All right, well, let's, let's hope that that's a, uh, a truth that was told to me. And again, uh, hopefully I can explore that on the way. On the way home. But how are things? Good. No um, we're starting to get people leaving their little hamlets and coming back into the city proper. It's not happening fast, but word spread that, you know, we're here. Um, we've kind of declawed the Thunder Force a little bit. There, a lot of them aren't happy about it. Mm. Um, some of them have gone down to Fort Bogtrim. Um, some of them have gone, gone up to Northridge. But a lot of them, you know, Annabelle Lewis was not a very nice person. So a lot of them are happy to just have a normal, a sense of normalcy right. again. Some of them are suspicious about this mine because this has been a point of contention now for a while. But revenue in the city is starting to go up slowly but surely. Um, the Empire is happy with me, so as of you know, right now. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so things are things are well. All right, great. No more dreams. No. Whitmore. Nope. Yeah, same here. All right, great. How are uh, how are those gloves working out for you? Very strange. Some ringing in my ear. They, I'll tell you what though, they they work because they just saved my ass with these three guys. Good. So I'm practicing. You know, I was never the fighter. Right. So this is all this is all new to me. What's uh what's what's going on at Keska Gorge? Dude, it's just this burning image in my head. From just having dreams? No, it's not dreams. It's just the visions that I've been having. So I feel it just it's it, it just needs to be explored. You're not telling anybody about this. This is all okay. this stays and yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's get things set up and let's I probably won't join you in the mine. Uh, especially with this Alexanderson thing going on. I think it'd be best if we uh, I wouldn't expect either of you to. Look, just, just clear a path for me that I can get in tonight and um, we'll say like midnight. Yeah, midnight everything should be, be safe. Okay. And just keep the path clear for I would say six hours. I'll have uh, Whitmore can meet you at the entrance. Uh, maybe say hello to Citadel for us. Okay. Uh, just to let you know if it's clear or not, and then do what you gotta do and just try to be out by sunrise. Okay. That's fair. Thank you. All right. All right, well if I don't see you, gentlemen. Yeah. To the journey. <laughs> to the journey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. So I make my way because uh, I feel I have no other business here. Um, so I'll make my way back to Citadel. A dice is being rolled. Never good. Okay. Fucking Glenn. Side eyeing you, bitch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're at about midnight. Yeah. 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 Excuse me. Was that you? No. Nope. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, Whitmore meets you at the entrance of this path. Same one that you took. Uh, I, I, if I have to remind you about the bear incident. 
Bear incident? Yeah. What so, happened? Little thing, little thing that happened. Little thing, little <laughs> thing. Uh, Whitmore is very excited to see Citadel. The Citadel is just a hair above indifferent. Right. Um, and, you know, he says hello for him and Alvord and whatever. And, all right, the path is clear. All right, great. Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to wait for you near the entrance of the mine. And by sunrise, we'll get you out of here. And then I'll open up this path again. Welcome back, Dyson Pipes. Man, Klaus Alexanderson really fucked you. You know what also fucked me? This Buchanan Deluxe's bottle. Do you think that, like, I can't pour? <laughs> I'm, like, so fucking caught up on this. Can I pour water in this? All right, we'll experiment on another day. When but we kick that bottle, we'll... Uh, when we're done with that, I want to see if we can pour water into it. Like, is it... It's a like one-way a, valve. One-way. It's like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Klaus, man. I, I don't know why, but I feel like Harrison is like in his own mind developing his his personal little arch enemy. He just yes. does not like Klaus. Now, I, I have to say, and I would like to hear from other uh, DMs out there, uh, DysonPipes at gmail.com, if this is a normal thing for DMs, because I had no intention of sending a, a reconnaissance party to follow you until you said, I'm going to pay attention because I think he's going to send people after me. I was like, oh, yeah, why wouldn't he do that? Right. I, if Had oh, you never said that, I, that never would have happened. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so I fucked myself so, is what you're saying. Yeah. Good. So Good. And that's not the first time in this campaign or the Warhammer one that something like that has happened where you have said something in your, in your mania, and I'm like, yeah, that's actually a good idea. And it led to a, a GM's decision. Right. So I'm curious, is that just me inexperienced as a DM? Like, of course I, no. would, I should do that. Or is that something that normally happens at the table? No, dude. I think you play into the player's phobia and mania. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now, to be fair, I rolled it when you said, oh, let's see if, you know. Right. And he rolled like a 17. So, right. yeah, he's fucking so sending So, of course, people. he's sending people. And then it's just a matter of how many people you actually want to send. Right. Yeah, I, I, personally, me, like, I, I don't see anything wrong with that, and I wouldn't expect anything less, especially from that guy. I don't know why. I feel like the interactions between Harrison and Alexanderson, like, it almost warranted him sending people after me. Like, I gave him this kind of wishy-washy, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. I'm not going to, I'm not playing into, you know, I'm, I'm going to roll anyway. You didn't call <laughs> me on it. I, I said wishy-washer, not wishy-washy. <laughs> That's a nine. Uh, I'm like king of nines today. Hey, let me ask a question. Yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't going to call you on that. Yeah, but I had to. Only because, because it was, you it was were, burning me, yeah. like right about here. Well, like, you were in the middle like the... of uh, a nice soliloquy, so I wasn't going Ooh. to interrupt you. Let me throw this at you. If you police yourself and then roll a 20, do I have to drink? 100%. But but you, I didn't call you. Are you sure it's a 20? 20. You got to drink. <laughs> no. Wow, that's a good question. No, I would say you're you're exempt from that. But however, if this? I rolled a one, and I policed myself, and I roll a one, yeah, I got to drink twice. Right? Yeah. Well, that, yeah. yeah. I think what's fair is if you police yourself and you roll a twenty, I roll with advantage. Ooh, yeah, I like that. All that's, right, that's a good idea. Um. So yeah, I don't know why I felt like the relationship between Harrison and Alexanderson, the way that interaction went, the way that I was not going to let him know what my business was. Because Harrison, at this point, not that he almost feels entitled, but he does feel as though he has this 
this title of justiceer. He he doesn't have to tell Alexanderson what he's doing here. Right. But he's also not going to let Alexanderson know that based on um you know the, the events that unfolded in Northridge and going south down to the swamp and 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 you know the facts that he reported back to the uh you know that ultimately ended up I guess going to the emperor, right? In in yeah. regards to this whole investigation. Uh he does not believe that Alexanderson needs to be made privy to that information, right? He has this title. This title was not given to him through Alexanderson. He's right. just the the head of the Thunder Force here in this one particular base. So, do you think though that if you just cut him off at the pass and said, "Hey, here's my new position. Stand down," like that would have alleviated a lot of that would have changed, in my opinion, the dynamics of that entire episode. I agree. Did you did However, you consciously not bring it up? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like long term that would be more problematic for me. Okay. I, I think I think it better serves Harrison to not let I look, I'm trying to play it where where Harrison feels as though he doesn't know who to trust. There there's a lot of like this Weird underlying shit. story that's that's taking place that only he's privy to and he doesn't know who knows what. So he doesn't want to he's just trying to play it close to the vest, as they say, right? Um, so he didn't want Alexanderson to know that he was this official justice here. Okay. That he was just going about his business. Look, he was the old portmaster in Northridge. Why can't he be back here? Why can't he go to Texley and see his friends? You know, why does he have to check in with, uh, with this guy, no matter what his rank is, no matter what his right. title is? Like, why does he have to check in and, and let him know what he's doing? You know? Now, granted, we really haven't, like, completely dived into, like, the politics that exists, you know, is this more like a, uh, is it a democracy where you're free to move wherever you want to? Is it kind of like how Europe works where you want to go between the towns in Debrin or similar to going between countries in Europe right. where, you know, you're showing like your passport to, to move between countries? Like, like who's uh, this know, guy to know where he's going? I mean, I'm not sure what kind of structure officially that would be by today's standards, but it's more or less... If the Thunder Force deems something to be a problem, now it's a problem. Right. And it doesn't matter if it was legal 30 seconds ago. Right. It's more like a theocracy. Yeah. Right? You know? So, and again, Harrison is is more than than willing to test the waters and see. Look, the, the guy is not a straight list. We have found ourselves in our third roll to drink situation. 18. I'm a disaster today. I think we've established that Harrison is not a straight-laced character. Right. Right? Um, so he's not going to be this goody-two-shoes kind of a guy and just openly tell people, oh, yeah, hey, boss, no problem. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. You know, he's not going to give Alexanderson an itinerary of what he's looking to do. He's going to keep it, like I said, tight to the vest. Sure. So these three uh, guys show up. and What a shit show. <laughs> What a shit show. Uh, one of them was, at, at, at first seeing you, all three of them were fully prepared to bring you back to Northridge. Right. But then things started to change. You kind of identified yourself, and one of them went to that in-the-middle guy who's trying to make everyone happy, the politicking guy. Right. One of them went to, oh, shit, this is a bad idea. And there was that one guy, and we all know that one guy that's, nope, this is my job. I'm doing Super it. Super Buffy. Yeah. And he's into it. Uh, 
and then it causes some turmoil within that little group of three. And then finally they get their hands on you and it turns into like a shoving match and then a grappling match and then a wrestling match. We fall to the ground. The guy's not trying to kill you. Right. uh, Because you did identify yourself, but it's kind of like, you're not my boss. He's my boss. And if you're his boss, like uh, that means nothing to me until it does, you know? Right. Uh, and I was struggling with how we were going to get a hold of Citadel. Was it going to be something where you're just going to call out to him, like in Kung Fury, when you, Odin, and then you know yeah, and he, he shows up, yeah. Uh, and I think that's like what my big push was, like to get Harrison into the water. Yeah, I felt like I had to get into the water to make some sort of connection with him, whether I dove down to find him, or at least got into the water. Maybe like uh, in in Harrison's mind, I was trying to play it where. Even like the the um, like just breaking the water would create you know because th- there's waves that occur and I was hoping maybe that would kind of like awaken him from whatever state he was in in the water to maybe kind of focus his attention like what the fuck is going on like why am I being woken up right because the, the way that I'm playing Harrison like he views Citadel he's almost like robotic where he shut down yes and this was his effort to reboot him. You know, to kind of like startle him and be like, "Oh, there's something going on. Let me see what's what's you know what the what's issue the is up there." Right? What's the haps? Yeah. Uh, well, it works. Well, it didn't help that I fired a fucking uh, a bolt across the shoulder bolt into yeah. the guy's shoulder, and then that's when I think shit started to like really go south. And to be honest, I thought Harrison was dead. Really? Yeah, I thought he was dead because I had a feeling, dude. I was hoping to just send a message, and instead. It didn't work out the way that I had intended, and my fear was it was going to not send the right message and cause all three to turn on me. And if all three turned on me, I was obviously dead, because here you have three trained Thunder Force against me with these gauntlets, and I still really have no idea what the fuck Harrison is doing with them. Right. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. Your your complete and utter failure with the mage hands of <laughs> trying oh, to man. take the guy's sword out of its sheath. Yeah, that was it was I thought it was a good idea. Yeah, it was a great idea. And yeah. had you rolled, like, dude, that would have been a game changer. Yeah. But uh, instead but the dice like, were not on your side. No, which they usually aren't in the in this D and D campaign. For some dude, Warhammer, I roll great. D and D roll terrible. Roll hammer roll hammer? Fuck. Which is maybe what they should call it, being that you are rolling dice, but 16. Power of Glenn. He wasn't even in Glenn. Glenn is on let his back. Re- let me recharge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recharge. Uh, in Warhammer, you constantly roll well with yeah. a complication. Right. Here, you just just roll Poorly. complications. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to be honest, not that I want to plug them, but <clears throat> the, the dice that I'm using for this are game science dice. And I am a firm believer in what they sell in that these dice are as balanced as you can get with a die. You know? Um, There isn't one number that I'm throwing down on these dice that are like repetitive. Like it's not the same number. Yeah. Just shy of where I'm supposed to be. Nine. (laughs) Um, So anyway, yeah, I I find myself, I, I put myself in that situation. I roll poorly. The mage hands, which I think Harrison is finally starting to get an idea on, on how they work. So he thinks, oh, this is going to be great. I'll disarm the guy. So worst comes to worst, this ends up in a hand-to-hand. And his two guys are already against him. So right. they'll just they'll hold him back. But no, fuck it. I'm going to take a shield and launch a shield. <laughs> launch a shield 
off the beach. Right. And now everybody is looking at me like fucking some sort of like, you know. Magic. Magic user. Yeah. Like now, and, now we're going into like the Salem witch trials. Right. Right. Uh, what, a, what a cool visual of these guys wrestling with each other and a guy's shield off his back. Just I pictured it like flying straight like when I die in Diablo and my sword just flies straight up in the air spinning. <laughs> like that's what I pictured. And just, like, everyone just stops like, what the fuck? Just, and then you're standing there like, like wiggling your fingers like, oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're on to me. And then the guy charges in and you hit the most important crit probably of this campaign because yeah you probably would have died yeah and the daggers come out of your wrists and just slice right into this guy right at the same time our old buddy citadel emerges from the water uh and without even like hey what's going on just instantly yeah goes after the outlanders and just starts throwing them into the middle of the lake that's all (laughs) Uh, after brutally killing them of course yeah uh it was exciting. Like I, I, for us, it hasn't been that long since reuniting with Citadel. But in the in the show, because we break the gameplay sessions up into like roughly one hour chunks, right? It's been a while since uh, Citadel made his reappearance, and and not only that, it's been a while since we've had combat. So th- this was actually pretty cool. And again, we're still, <clears throat> excuse me, like Harrison is, Harrison is still being thrust into these combat situations. Basically, is a level zero character. So it's it's fascinating to see like how he attempts to survive against trained militia. Right. Right? So right, because so far we've encountered what? The bandits, which again, everything so far has worked out in Harrison's advantage. Yes. He hasn't died, is basically what it is. So means. we had the we had the, the, we bandits, had the bandits, the bats, bats the, the spider, alligator, the spider. The spider. Alligator. Uh oh, the 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 hunters with the dog. Right. And, and these Thunder Force. Yeah. Right? I think that's it. Yeah. So. not Yeah, it's funny. Not a very combat heavy, but it feels like it's... I, I mean, listening back to it when I edit it, it's very interesting. Well, look, <clears throat> you know, I think there's two types of, uh, of campaigns that a GM can run, right? You can have combat heavy or story heavy. And as of right now, the way this campaign is unfolding, it is right now very story heavy. And that doesn't mean that it's not going to change. Right. I, I, I think. Well, and that's what's funny. Like, the the campaign is is a combat campaign. Right. It's just funny how this is playing out. Well, it's story driven in the beginning, which I yeah. think is great because it's going to lead to how Harrison, if he can survive, how he gets to uh, you know obtain whatever powers. Yeah. He he gets. It's funny because <laughs> you were asking me like, how far into the campaign do you think you are? Right. Uh, and I remember saying you're still in the prologue. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't even think we've scratched the surface. No, no. So that's cool. Um, so yeah, we reemerge uh-huh. with Citadel. Uh, we then move on to Hexley. What a great reunion! And yet yeah, we meet up with Alford and Whitmore, who gives you a big hug. Uh, and we set up for you to re-enter the mines, uh, because you want to go back into this portal. Right. And that's where we end the gameplay. Um, next episode is where a lot of dots uh, get connected. Well, hold, hold on, because I think also in this episode, don't we talk about the Baroness? Uh, uh, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Oh, so, all right, so then yeah, we'll, so, we'll check that. Um, yeah, so the Baroness may... She might still be alive. May be alive. Even though I was 
told to the contrary, right? Yeah. It was explained to me that but she was executed. Also, like he is in Hexley. It's not like they have internet so or email. So he might have heard, yeah, they're holding her until they... So he might just not know. Right. But that so. leaves a lot of question marks. Yeah. So now, it, really, it boils down, like, what's Harrison going to do? Is he going to try to make it back to Northridge, knowing that Alexanderson is there? Does he Alexanderson just, know? Does Alexanderson know? There's now three Thunder Force that are dead. Basically, by me. Right. Right? Harrison, for all intents and purposes, Harrison killed. Right? Nobody knows about Citadel. So Harrison killed him. So does Harrison go into the mine and then go to the Keska Gorge? Or does he go into the mine and then, knowing that the Baroness potentially might still be alive, head back to Northridge? A lot of fucking shit going on. What do we got? There's so many different directions. Oh, man. So many different and directions. And that's why I think a good story, a good story in a campaign will trump good combat in a campaign any day of the week. Yeah. I'd rather a good storyline. Because combat is a dime a dozen. Right. Right. Not that I'm saying that combat shouldn't exist or combat isn't fun. Like, combat is fucking awesome. Especially, I, I just think right now when we're, when we're playing out a, a level zero character trying to figure out, like, flesh him out where he's going to end up. Dude, the story so far has been, has been excellent. So, and I give you credit. Here Good, you go. thank you. I'm yeah, yeah, glad cheers. you appreciate it. Yeah, here. There you go. All right. Uh, to the mall. Great memories. To A lot of stolen merchandise. <laughs> By other people, of course. <laughs> to Dartmouth. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry, Mom and Dad. A lot of drinking. Uh, that to, was mainly beer, though. To Becky. Becky. Wasn't that the chick in, um, what was that guy? I like big butts. He, he can't lie. No, look, another brother can't deny. When a big round thing... No, when a girl walks in with oh. an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Who the fuck was that? Well, to that guy, because he knew Why all about these fat asses. Dr. Feelgood? <laughs> the fu- I feel like it was a doctor. I just can't Dr. think of what the fuck his name was. Sir Mix-a-Lot. Honky Tonk Man. Sir Mix-a-Lot. No, not Honky. That was a wrestler. Yeah. And it wasn't Sir Mix-a-Lot. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. It, absolutely. Hold on. If it was not Sir Mix-a-Lot, I will roll. I'll find myself in a roll-to-drink situation. All right, hold on, hold on. We're pulling up the cellular telephone. Fuck. Cellular <laughs> telephone. Uh, I like big butts. Why is it I like big butts and it comes up Alvin and the Chipmunks? <laughs> well, because Sir Mix-a-Lot covered them. Let me see. Hold on. Son of a bitch, it was Sir Mix-a-Lot. Indeed it was. Hold on, hold on. Final roll of the episode, presumably. Fucking fine. This nice. Fuck you, game science. <laughs> Making me drunk. Okay. Two dice. Ten pipes. 